0: Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and you're listening to episode 150 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to provide education, insight, tools, and strategies for helping us have the best quality life and relationships that we can. Uh, Episode 150 is entitled Seeing Both Sides of Relationship Patterns, Part 1. And this whole kind of tools series has been about um, a combination of of, um, studying people and fields that I'm deeply excited about and that I think really enrich the human experience and um, provide us with greater opportunities for relating and achieving our life goals. So um, I've really drawn from some amazing uh, people throughout the course of this 150 episodes so far, and and my hope is to kind of continue um, today's um, and uh, the next few episodes that we when we're looking at relationship patterns draw most strongly from uh, Bowen family systems therapy. Um, Murray Bowen was an individual who uh, designed this mode that looked at how a system contributes um, to um, the kinds of relationship dynamics um, and how an individual navigates both being an part an individual and part of a system at the same time. So that we're we're looking at the forces of separateness and togetherness, and then when you add on intimacy, anxiety, intensity, and attachment, then what what did we learn in our family system, and what 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 are our almost automatic go tos that either over time, make our relationship stronger or just keep them kind of, you know, stable-ish and moving along or inadvertently um, lead to the deterioration of, of certain relationships. So that's why I thought this, uh, looking at a couple of series and breaking down some of these dynamics more specifically might be a really kind of interesting element to do because I think there's a lot of merit here, even not so much, even... In beginning to uh, necessarily make change, but just so you can observe, because once we can see a pattern, once we can label it, then we have choice over how we do or don't want to respond to it. Um, so today's episode, episode one hundred and fifty, uh, we're going to start with, um, as I say, it's it's from a bigger picture perspective around relating. The more we can see, um, it 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 the more we can see how we contribute and how we fit in, um, you know, fit in well or fit in um, at the consequence of uh, or, 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 or to the cost of others or to the cost of ourselves, um, this becomes really vital to ongoing health and vitality. Um, because sometimes what we can find is that when people look at a certain Relationship, they tend to land on one side or the other. Um, You know, it's all my partner's fault if they just did what I asked them to, if they weren't so selfish, if they weren't so short sighted, da 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 da. Or um, it's all my fault. If I wasn't such a goose, if I wasn't so flawed, uh, you know, then I would deserve this amazing person that I'm with. Um, so that often we, we, we get this kind of lopsided perspective that, that doesn't actually give us much traction, uh, value or an opportunity to make genuine change because we can't see the whole of the relating pattern. And like I said, it's like a dance you you need, you know, if we're talking, you know, and it is a couple's dance, you you know, in order to waltz, in order to cha-cha, you know, ideally you need a partner. Uh, for, 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 for that to transpire. Um, so today's pattern that I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about, um, and it's, it's quite detailed, but, but certainly just to kind of give a bit of an overview in this episode, one of the ways in which we manage uh, relationships and um, uh, intimacy, closeness and anxiety is we can fall into a, a process of of relational reciprocity called overfunctioning and underfunctioning. So that over time one member of the relationship can do, starts to do more and more in the relationship, more and more of the heavy lifting, and the other partner in response to that starts to do less and less. Um, and so we can set up this paradigm where one partner looks like the functional together one and the other one looks like the mess. One partner does all the talking for the couple. The other does all the listening. One partner does all the advising. The other does all the following or resisting advice. You know, um, the pattern of over-functioning, under-functioning in and of itself, it, it's just an automatic way in which individuals relate. It's neither good nor bad. It's, it's just a relating pattern. What tends to be the issue is more Um, because we can dip in and out of these things uh, over life and depending on certain environmental and life pressures and demands, it's more these become problematic when they become more fixed and more intense and more set and unable to move so that each side of the relationship, you know, each each side of, of the dynamic, you know, now finds themselves sinking deeper and deeper and becoming more and more fixed in that. You know, I'm the one that sorts everything out. I'm the one that gets everything done. And my partner is the one that keeps dropping the ball, keeps making mistakes, is starting to struggle to get out of bed, can't hold a job down, doesn't manage money. Um, And so if we start to focus on one of us as the problem, then we're missing how the both of us are contributing to the dynamic. Um, And it's an interesting thing. Um, When you see these patterns sometimes escalate, Certainly, in periods of of, of uh, family or relational stress or anxiety, so that you know the overfunctioning individual tends to um, kick into doing mode, tends to end up getting manic and energized in response to the increase of in- anxiety and stress. Starts to become you, you know I'll organize everything, I'll sort everything out, I'll work our way out of this. Um, and the person who's taking up the underfunctioning position. Can find themselves getting shutting down, withdrawing, um, feeling drained of any motivation as the stress and anxiety appears. And when we see our side of it, then you know we can. I can, what I can do if I can see my side of it is I can take responsibility for my side. So if I'm a, a, you know starting to chronically overfunction and overdo. Um, then I'm recognising that I'm probably doing more and in particular more for others than I need to. Um, I can pull back on the advice giving. I can pull back on doing um, things for others that they can clearly do for themselves because I'm recognising that while temporarily that's reducing my anxiety, that's a a short-term fix, but it's going to actually lead to more chronic pressure on the relationship going forward, Um, especially if I've set up a precedence where, People are becoming beginning to over rely on me, um, and give away their own autonomy and power. And I'm, and, but I'm, I'm the one taking it from them. Leave no, no, no. Leave that. You can't do that as well as me. I'm, I'm going to do that. And Then you have to surrender if you're particularly kind of driven by an element of perfectionism. That that the most important thing is that others are doing for themselves. Um, and they will get better the more they do for themselves, rather than going. Oh, I just I just rush in and do it because I like the way I do it, and I do it best. Um, uh, and like I said, that is a short term fix, but it adds to a long term, uh, potentially long term chronic dysfunction in in relating to uh, other people. So this can play out in a number of ways. Um, we can find that, as I say, one person becomes very overtly the um, Looking like the successful, the together one, the one that's getting it all done in life, and the other one looks like the mess, the one we all feel sorry for, can't get it together. Um, we feel pity or frustration or disappointment. What's wrong with them? Why can't they get moving? Um, so it, it, you know, it can, it can end up setting up a, a, a kind of an undercurrent of inequality. That that I I'm, I'm better than you, um, and. If we're starting to think that we're better than or less than our partner, that is already a bit of an indication that we're probably falling into some version of this function and we need to come back to a place of seeing ourselves as equal. That doesn't mean that we don't recognise that, you know, in certain areas our partner has perhaps more competency than we do and we have more competency, but we're able to see the balance um, across um, the relationship in its entirety um it certainly doesn't mean that we don't you know hey you're much better at that managing our money than 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 i am but that doesn't mean i completely hand it over and you know take my hands off the wheel entirely you know why why don't you show me what you're doing why don't you keep me educated and informed and in this area of our life that i'm taking care of i'll keep you involved so we're not we're not becoming under involved and we're not becoming over involved and that's an artistry to, to kind of work out and, and that's where we need open discussion and dialogue to kind of go, how are we going here? Are we getting to a place where we're kind of meeting in the middle in functioning um, and together we're building the strength of our own coupleness, but also we're feeling strong and centred as individuals too, um, rather than over time, one of us gets built up falsely and the other gets torn down falsely. Um, then we can also become aware that sometimes this dynamic we we will pick a context of life to over-function in, and um, that will mean that another context of life we will under-function in. So perhaps I feel most comfortable being seen and, um, you know, world-beating out in public, you know, uh, maybe I'm doing great stuff in the... Um, the charity arena. I'm very successful in my career. That comes very easily to me. But when I get home, I feel awkward. I feel like I don't have my feet on the ground. I can't navigate. And it's just much easier to let my partner run what's going on under our home roof. And I will go out and, you know, be the champion of industry instead. Um, we have to push into a little bit those places where we feel less capable and less anxious to make sure that we're we're not actually adding to that long term by avoiding that area too much. Or what we set up again is that our partner becomes the one who's the over-functioner in the home and responsible for nurture and and main you know, main, maintaining our home sanctuary and all that kind of stuff. And then they end up starting to feel resentful because they're not getting an opportunity to be out in career. And we're resentful because we feel like an outsider in our own home. We don't have a, the contact and, and the relationship with the kids and, and our partner and our broader family that our, our partner now develops because they're the one who's taking over all the responsibility for keeping contact with family members and the nurturing and the engagement. And we just kind of trundle along. And after time, I'm exhausted from beating the... The world um, professionally um, so I'm just kind of sitting in a chair checking out and not really trying I'm relying on my partner to keep um, the um, home relationships going. Um, so again this kind of context of over functioning under functioning can be something that plays out in a context so we have to watch we have to watch out for that and we also have to watch for if we end up doing too much underfunctioning at some stage if we're taxing our physical system too much we're taxing ourselves too much we can we can suddenly find we'll swing into the polarity and go through a phase where we become underfunctioning perhaps through suffering illness or you know exhaustion things like that, so that we can go through periods where we're flat out, um, we're getting heaps done, we're managing our anxiety by ticking the boxes, and then all of a sudden, as a result of pushing our system too far, we find that we collapse into exhaustion and and, uh, illness. So we're also watching those sort of elements to make sure that within self, we're not flipping backwards and forwards, but rather setting up a process of more optimal functioning, where I'm able to do well, I'm able to be accountable and functional, but I'm not stressing my system any more than is uh, sufficient healthy stress. Because of course, you know we are we are we are built for load. We're built for a, a degree of activity. We're built to be um, aim based creatures. So it certainly doesn't serve to become too inactive. That is just as dysfunctional for our system and our overall general health uh, both physical and mental as much as being overly active and overly functioning and trying to outwork our anxiety if I just work hard enough if I just get organized enough I can control life well good luck with that one (laughs) Um, so this is a a very interesting uh, kind of pattern I think it has a lot of merit to start to get awareness of it um, and we can do that by one looking at how we go about our day to day life um, and how we, you know, what happens when I get a bit anxious or stressed? What, what, what tends to be my go to? Do I tend to start getting chronically busy and start trying to organize, manage, lecture, and advise everyone? Or do I tend to collapse into a hole, spend extra time in bed, um, check out with video games or however, and, and just hope the whole thing will blow over? Or wait for somebody to come and rescue me. So we start first by getting an observation of the kinds of places, you know, what what amplifies within me when stress and anxiety and demand increases, or I perceive it has in my life. Um, and then we can also look at the inherited patterns from our family system. You know, how how did mum and dad manage stress? How do they, if they're still, um, if you're still fortunate that your your parents are still. Uh, here and available, then then we're looking at them. We can go and ask questions. We can look at the broader family system. How how did our family in general? Did we do you know? Do we can we see even within our siblings that some tend to be more overfunctioners in general and some underfunctioners? Um, you know, my my brother is the CEO of XYZ Corporation, and my other brother um, is uh, as is an alcoholic and has trouble keeping jobs down. So, you know, we can we can even see these kinds of dynamics become very fixed with within a family system and within siblings. Um, and like I said, this carries both down the family chain and we can look at it, you know, going back generations and we can look across the family chain to, to siblings or below and go, um, as a result of me being too fixed in one of these positions, have I forced one of my children, if you've got them, to overcompensate by they are taking up the opposite side of this uh, relational dynamic. Um, So there you go. There's there's lots here. I would certainly encourage you to explore this in more depth. Um, There are some great resources as far as books go. Extraordinary Relationships by Roberta Gilbert, I think, is a wonderful one. And I think off the top of my head, Roberta Gilbert's book called uh, The Eight Principles of Bowen Therapy. I hope it's The Eight Principles or The Eight Concepts of Bowen Therapy, something along those lines by Roberta Gilbert. Her work is superb. Um, Also Growing Yourself Up by Jenny Brown is another excellent one to have a look at. Um, uh, Jerry Wise on YouTube, the Jerry Wise Relationship Systems channel, I think it is. Um, And there are some other great resources out out there too. And, of course, as this series goes, we'll keep talking about some of these relating patterns as well. But I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope it gave you some food for thought. Um, <coughs> as uh, as always, as we're signing off for episode 150, it's been my absolute pleasure to to get here. Um, as I may have mentioned in previous episodes, one of the reasons I started this, I was excited to share some of the things that I was coming across because I think there's some amazing contributors um, in the in in the field of human relating and and and. Um, helping people have the the best quality lives that they can um, so I was excited to bring um, the work of other amazing people um, to the program and share it and offer a, a couple of little uh, additions from my own um, experiences over the you know 20 plus years um, that I've been fortunate enough to work with with uh, work with people and with businesses um, and of course for me, this was an exercise in challenging my own uh, prof- chronic perfectionism and um, just keep keeping consistent <laughs> was part of the aim. So I'm really delighted to uh, get to episode 150. As always, um, my profoundest gratitude for having followed along. Uh, for however long you have with the show, but but certainly to people who have been um, following for a long period of time, I hope this is another episode that that sup- helps support you in your life. If you've just joined us, welcome. Um, what I would like, please, if 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 that was agreeable to you. If you want to continue to support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five star review as that makes it easier for others to find the program. And additionally, the show is available on other podcast mediums such as Stitcher and Podbean um, and uh, elsewhere, plus also at the website, training.com.au. So until we're with each other on another episode, again, my profoundest thanks for your time. Really appreciate you listening in, and I wish you every joy and success going forward in your life. But until next time, bye for now.